Hi everyone, I'm Paul Menig with Business Accelerants. Each session I bring you insights from business people as they deal with the seven forces and the eight drivers of value. This session we're going to talk about video. We'll touch on sales and marketing channels, internal training, technology, and supply chain and outsourcing. That's because video is not just hot, it's pervasive and much more popular among younger people in the workforce. I have Tim Park with me. He's the owner of Indie Cinema Academy. I met him almost three years ago now when he helped me start filming videos for my company and teaching how to do more on my own. He's done work for National Geographic, syndicated television shows, commercials, and more. Welcome, Tim. Hello. Please tell us a bit more about your background and specifically the Indie Cinema Academy. Well, I've always been interested in film since I was a little kid, but um, in my generation, it was very difficult to get a hold of a camera. And so I went to tr traditional route, went a science route with biochemistry, biophysics. And I, I enjoyed the field, but I, I felt like my creative side was lacking. So about 10 years ago, I transitioned over to film and the transition was um, medical broadcast. So I was a writer for the medical broadcast company and then slowly um, got more and more experience on camera and behind the camera and then running the studio. And then from there, I moved on just solely cameras. Okay, so a little more than taking pictures of slides with a microscope. Right, right. Okay, great. Um, my first attempt at video was probably 10 more or more years ago. I was selected at uh, a work session that we had to work with a professional crew at a management conference. And I was supposed to act just like a news agency. I started out in the morning uh, creating a script, a point of view for the day, uh, set about doing interviews with people and sitting in a truck editing at the end of the day, putting backgrounds and sounds and more to it. And I had a timeline. I had to be done when it was going to be presented to the uh, uh, rest of the conference. Today, it's a whole lot different with grade school children having their own YouTube channel, tens of thousands of followers. What for you are some of the significant differences you've seen just in the last two to five years for two video? Five years. Um, well, iPhones really are actually creating good enough quality where you can actually put them on the news. So when there's a catastrophe, someone can film something with an iPhone or a smartphone, an Android phone, and the quality is, you know, on par with the, the news cameras. And, and before, you would never want to put something low quality on the news unless you absolutely had to. So that's a big jump, I would say. Yet, I was just at the LPGA tournament as a walking scorer, and all the people for MSNBC and the Golf Channel were still walking around with the big, heavy cameras to film things. Why, yeah. why was that, would that be better for them than something smaller? Um, there are a few advantages to the larger cameras. You have battery life. Um, you have uh, longer footage. You can take the footage off the camera a lot faster. Um, you can plug, um, they're called ENG cameras. So you can start plugging um, heavier duty mics into them versus an iPhone. You can only, you know, put the little tiny, what, three and a half millimeter on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Apple's getting rid of the iPhone um, uh, video, uh, I'm sorry, the audio jack. Yes. Um, how does that change what you might do with audio for the for an iPhone 
versus just using their internal microphone or somehow having an external microphone with it? Well, I see with, with uh, podcasters that just use their, their phones for podcasting, they often have their earbuds in already and they're plugged into the phone. So now with their, with their AirPods or the ones that are wireless, same, same ability. Okay. Um, there are limitations, but I'm sure people are gonna come, you know, find workarounds. So, so if it's so much easier to do video now with, mm -hmm. with an iPhone or a Google Android phone, what intrigues you most about what you can do with that now for people? People can experiment. 20 years ago, film was so expensive that only people with budgets could practice. And now your medium is free. And so people can try different things, try different angles, try, you know, just getting used to being on camera, practicing for free. Okay. One of the things you taught me very early on was the importance of sound and the microphones that we're using, and it's a separate system from the camcorder that we're using, and the importance of lighting, uh, which you've optimized for this particular setting. We have some outdoor lighting coming in through a window. You have a compensating on a tripod, daylight, uh, uh, daylight light balance. as well. Yes. So um, with, those, with those improvements in the cameras and some of the post-processing software where you can do black and white, you can do sepia and other things, are, are sound and lighting still important? Very much so. It's, it's, I almost feel like I'm undermining myself because I'm a video camera guy and yet audio is almost more important than what I do. Because with video, if it's low quality, I can cheat it somehow. I can make it look like I did that low quality on purpose. You know, film grain, there's different things you can do to an image. You can tweak the colors to make it look like you did the low quality on purpose. But with low quality audio, there's no cheating that. If you have noise in the background, if your mic is too far away, there's no fixing that. Mm, okay. Um, Video used to be only for commercials and entertainment, and I said it's pervasive now. Um, each visit with my 16-month-old grandson now creates a couple dozen videos that I store on a cloud and share with different family members. What are you seeing, all pun intended, with video for other parts of the business? The business specifically? Well, you can, um, like I taught you with Camtasia, you can start doing very easy, quick videos about how to do things with software just by doing screen captures. Um, you don't have to bring people into your office to teach them how to do something. You can just quickly do a screen capture a recording and then send it to wherever you need to go. Yeah, I've, I've done that now with several PowerPoint or Keynote presentations where I'll do that. And this morning I spent an hour uh, doing cybersecurity training for one of my clients. And it was a combination of PowerPoint slides, interactive uh, quizzes that I had to take to prove that I had seen the stuff. And they also rolled some videos of a very famous hacker who's now become the CTO of this company that trains on cybersecurity. Yeah. So uh, yeah, much, much easier to, to do things. But I, I know I listen to some other podcasts and I hear people doing it. And to that point about sound, I hear their little mail uh, notice coming up, ding, yeah. ding, and it bothers the yeah, heck out of them. They should be sh uh, turning those things off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some people say good enough, not perfect, but right. you would probably say. I'm very, personally, I'm very sensitive to the sound, so my phone is always on silent. 
I don't even know what my own ringtone sounds like. And so when I am in a crowd and there's dings from text messages or, or alarms or phone calls, that bothers me. So I tend to tell everybody, just keep, it, keep your phones off when we were filming. Okay, I remember the, the, one of the first films we made, uh, I had to do a um, talk uh, remotely and we had a very quiet place, except that there were some women below that were playing cards and would shout out every time. And so in order to compensate for that, we couldn't get rid of it from the audio. I just had to explain that yeah. what we were doing and it seemed to go over okay. Um, a couple of times recently, I needed to replace batteries or a filter in my uh, refrigerator. And so I went online to learn how to do the process, watching a short video that they had up there. That has to be a big driver for what people are doing for video today. Yes, YouTube is actually used heavily as a search engine. If you want to find a product, you go to YouTube, you don't go to Google. Google knew this, so they bought YouTube. So now Google is the number one most searched item and or used website, and YouTube is number two. And even I do a lot of home remodeling and things like that, and I go straight to YouTube to see how to do it. And some of those people, honestly, if they were local, I would hire them. So that's an advantage to a business of, of creating videos, uh, how-to videos that are free, but by putting them on YouTube, people in your area find you, they see that you know what you're talking about, you are demonstrating your expertise, and then they might just hire you to do it. But that search means that I should have spent a whole lot more time putting in those tags and, and other things Very for true. how I would want my video searched yeah. and what would In the description and also in the, the keyword tags. Yeah, I'm gonna have yeah. to change that. I haven't been doing it, enough of that. Uh, another place, so I, I said I took cybersecurity training, okay. is training and education for employees um, is another place that I see video being regularly used now. Um, I've mentioned this, the simple videos. What, what do you see happening for larger companies with video training for their own employees? Um, you can easily do internal tr videos for training. Um, for example, if you had something you wanted to show somebody else, you could just quickly on your phone, you could, let's say you're in the field, you could take your phone, film it, be explaining to the person what the problem is or what the solution is, upload it, and now your whole team can use that as a training video okay. instantaneously. Yeah, I, I, I like watching some of the shows like NCIS and NCIS Los Angeles and stuff. And I mean, they got video feeds from everywhere that uh, nobody could really hack into, I don't believe. But it's fun to get the idea that you could have a full-time, uh, real-time video of what the person is doing. Yes. Uh, that's great. Um, the first videos we did together, uh, you did almost all the work of helping me set up with backdrops and everything, and you even helped me today to make this particular one look better than some of the other ones I've done so far. Um, the lighting, the microphones, and thanks to your training, I can do much more myself, and you mentioned Camtasia, which I've become reasonably good at and know how to, to work with now to do post-processing. When should a business look to doing things themselves and when should they be outsourcing video production to professionals? I would say um, when they look at um, the workload. Um, some employees, some businesses have employees that are overtaxed already. They don't have time for yet another project. And so then it would be better to hire it out versus um, 
employees that they're going to be doing videos on a regular basis and everyone, it should just be part of their training. Um, then, then I would say internally they can create their own. Okay. I know uh, my son has a fraternity brother who's also his best man who has a real estate training uh, website, basically, he and his dad. And they have a dedicated office with all the lighting set up, the cameras there, the green that screen's already there. All he has to do is go in there, record, yes. and he's done. Yes. Whereas in my home, in my home office, I have to do a little setup. I tried leaving it set up, but then I was tripping over the equipment uh -huh. sometimes. And so I had to, to move things. Uh, if I had the chance to have a dedicated room, I would mm -hmm. do that so I could go in there. And I'd be recording videos more often. Yeah. What do you think, though, of people who just use the camera in their laptop and, uh, you know, they're staring down at their laptop, they're l like one foot away from the camera, and they're doing uh, podcasts, vidcasts, and, and training? What's your impression of that? It works. Um, a big thing with those kind of audiences is that personality is king. It's not your lighting, it's not your audio even, it's not even what you look or what you're wearing or what camera you have, it's your personality. And so people with really fun personalities that people wanna watch, um, they can do it anywhere. And, um, and so that's another thing with all these videos is um, video shows your personality, your genuine personality versus uh, copywriting and that, that copy, that, those words go through so many hands that it loses a lot of personality. Mm -hmm. I remember um, uh, our first videos, um, I had prepared a script and we had difficulty with trying <laughs> to get it a, a teleprompter right. that would work because I'm not very good at memorizing. Nobody is. Um, and I, since then I've got a, you know, a mirrored system that helps me put it directly into the camera. But still, I've had people tell me about personality. They suggested, why don't you smile, Paul? Uh, why don't you move your head around a little bit more? Because that personality, as you say, comes through based right. on that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so Indie Cinema Academy, how is it addressing the need for people to be doing video? Um, a lot of our students, we have a lot of students in the U.S., but we also have a lot of students in India, Indonesia, um, places where they can't get to a, a college, let alone a film school. And so that's a, an advantage that we have because anybody who has online, you know, internet, they can learn from us. Um, and so I would say that across all kind of businesses that um, there's people that want your product, want to learn about your product, but they can't get to you. They don't even know about you. And so by getting it online, you can get your message to the world. So uh, we haven't really explained what Indie Cinema Academy is. We've relied on people to go to what website so far? www.indiecinemaacademy.com. Yeah, right. Um, so you have a school, basically, right. that helps people learn remotely how to do this? How? What are some of the? Well, it's not ways? accredited. It's not even um, you know that you get no certificate. We're going to be changing that soon. But when I walked on set for the first day, nobody asked for a degree. They want to know if you can do it. It's the same thing with building a house. If you can build a house, build a house. Um, degrees don't really mean a whole lot. And so to spend a hundred thousand dollars for a four-year degree at an art institute to learn film when nobody cares that you even have a degree, it's an apprenticeship pro program would work a lot better for those people. 
I'm, I'm, I'm a strong believer in that approach. My, I grew up in Detroit uh, with the auto industry and all my brothers went through apprenticeship programs. Uh -huh. They'd never got college degrees. None of them were interested in college. And I'm working with a nonprofit foundation for the transportation industry in Indianapolis right now. And we're saying to people, don't spend $40,000 and go get a two-year vocational degree for diesel mechanics or something and then be put into a dealership and all you can do and you're really qualified to do is change tires. You might as well just go start changing tires and study on the side. And it's kind of a, uh, an approach that the military has used forever. You, you take a raw recruit, you give them eight to 12 weeks of basic training, their heads are changed dramatically, their personalities are honed to be the military personality, and then they you know, keep adding to their badges and their accreditations, and none of them are college, but they can do the work. Mm -hmm. They're some of the best yes. employees out there. And it's a good filter because there are some things that you do need to go to college in all fields. Um, by giving them an apprenticeship program, at the end of that program, you can start saying, well, these people are, are going to do a lot more hands-on work, so keep them in that program. These people are more thinkers, they're more theory people, so let's take them to a classroom and teach them those things. Because in film, you do have film theory, you have script writing, and all those things are classroom-type learning set settings. Okay. Um the best length of a video. So that cybersecurity training, I had uh, one that was 45 minutes long. I said, no, I'm not doing that right now. So I did the ones that were 10 minutes and seven mm -hmm. minutes and things. Um, I watched last night and was counting, you know, how long a commercial is. The shortest commercials I saw were 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. Many, most of them were 30 seconds long. Um, I try on these podcasts to get down to a one minute uh, content with a little bit of Perfect. a header and a footer. Um, but when I go to get a website uh, and I click something, you know, and I have to listen to somebody's video or whatever, it says, you can skip this ad in. And as soon as I can skip that ad most times, you know, if it's four seconds, I want to skip that ad, but I've already got something. Mm -hmm. What are we supposed to believe is the right length of a video? It's um, when your audience first opens up the video, one of the first things they look at is how long is the video. If it's something like 30 minutes, they're probably not gonna even start watching your video. So you've already lost them before you've even shown your personality or shown anything about the video. Um, versus if you take that 30 minute video and you cut it into the, to say five videos, then you know a bunch of six minute videos or even you can cut them into 10 minute videos and have a series. And once you get them watching them, they're gonna say, oh, I wanted to find out what's next, what's next, what's next. So you've hooked them and they're going to end up watching 30 minutes in the end. But don't discourage them from watching that first video by making that first video 30 minutes long. So I would say to answer your question, the ideal, two to three minutes. Okay. But that suggests, just like in the television productions that you've done and stuff, I have to have something at the end of that first video that has them wanting to get mm -hmm. to that next video. Mm -hmm. There's gotta so, be some cliffhanger or something. Well, think about your entire 30 minute script and go by paragraph or maybe go by two paragraphs. Go, you know, uh, many times your topics cover three paragraphs. So you only do one topic at a time. Okay. And then say, at the end say, in our next video, we're gonna cover, you know, how to solve the problems that we just mentioned in the first video. 
Okay, so it's not just the same as my filming my 16-month-old grandson right. and just having it be More continuous same, yeah. for two minutes. Right. My wife might love it, and I might enjoy it to some extent, but uh, not everybody's going to do that. Um, as we uh, look to uh, finishing up a little bit, uh, to make my editing a bit easier, in, even in this context, and to help you since you're a business person, you know, I'd like to provide that 60-second excerpt for those people that want to try before they invest their time in listening to the whole video uh, cast that we're putting together. So what's your one-minute pitch for the Indie Cinema Academy? One-minute pitch. Well, you can learn uh, video. Everyone wants to learn video because video is everywhere. And so you need to learn video. And so if you come to us, you, um, you can get the bare bones or you can get the college level. Um, but you will learn what you need to learn about video. Okay, that's less than one minute, so that's you know pretty good. Perfect. Uh, so what's the best way for people to reach you? Do they want to go to the website? Do they want to go to your LinkedIn profile? Uh, you the best way phone? is to email me or check out the website, and my email is tim at indiecinemaacademy.com. Okay, so that's tim at indiecinemaacademy.com, and the website is... Forget the www nowadays. Yeah, it's just, just indie cinema academy. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Tim. It's been a pleasure having Thank you, you here.